0: Hello, this is Dr. Robert Gersten. I am Chief of Cardiovascular Medicine at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. And I'm gonna be saying a few words today about a recent abstract that we presented at the American Heart Association, trying to identify metabolomic profiles of coronary artery calcium in African-Americans. I think it's probably best to sort of step back to 30,000 feet and ask ourselves, you know, how good are our markers for coronary artery disease? I think we all know as clinicians that they're pretty darn good, those markers of cholesterol levels, hypertension and other factors. But we certainly in our clinical experience know a number of individuals who present to the emergency department to our clinic with a positive coronary risk factors and conversely, we also know a number of individuals who have lots of cardiac risk factors who never present with coronary heart disease and thus, you know, our laboratory is interested in addressing this gap using novel genomic technologies that have been evolving over the course of the last decade or so the study that we presented recently was looking at biochemical profiles that are associated with coronary artery calcium now coronary artery calcium we know is is a reasonable although itself an imperfect surrogate of coronary heart disease events particularly in african americans so investigators have begun to use a number of new genomic tools to improve risk prediction. A popular area of investigation right now is in using genetic risk scores for identifying individuals at particularly high risk. And those have been informative, although their clinical utility above available clinical data is still quite controversial. What's particularly relevant for this discussion is the fact that for African Americans, uh, the gene risk scores that have been established, for the most part in large cohorts of whites, in, in the African Americans, they really function extremely poorly. So, we've been looking for other technologies and other ways of disease prediction that might be closer to any individual phenotype, such as atherosclerosis. Genes make RNA transcripts, transcripts make proteins, proteins that are enzymes make metabolites. And we postulate that because metabolites are downstream of, of the aforementioned factors, they're really closer to any given phenotype. So we've been working on technologies mostly based in mass spectrometry that can now assay about 500 or 1,000 known compounds in your blood in the hopes of identifying novel risk factors. And we've applied these to large cohort studies that have been around for many years and have served as a rich resource for the academic community. For example, the Framingham Heart Study or the Jackson Heart Study, which was the subject of uh, the abstract that I'm going to talk a little bit about. Now, At the very outset, I should say that these are new technologies that we're leveraging to measure 500 or 1,000 chemicals, and we're even at an earlier stage than we are with human genomics, such that making too many conclusions about race differences is fraught with problems at at presently, although it's a key area for future investigation. Just as I've mentioned that we're really in our early stages of identifying biochemical differences between whites and blacks, we, we should also highlight that we're really in early stages of characterizing differences, even between genders. You know, we know that there are certain biomarkers that are lower in women. For example, troponin levels are particularly alarming if they're elevated in a woman presenting with an ACS. But in terms of globally characterizing all the compounds that are in the blood or stream, you know, we're we're still quite early in in that uh, arena. So we looked in the Jackson Heart Study, which is a prospective uh, cohort, and we did it to start off with a nested case control analysis performing metabolite profiling using liquid chromatography and mass spectrometry, where we measured about 400 circulating metabolites in about 1200 individuals. And the first analysis was to look at models to assess for incident coronary heart disease and also to look at individuals with low and high tax scores and there were a number of metabolites that were associated with coronary artery calcium and and a smaller number that were associated with coronary artery outcomes. Obviously, the number of outcomes in the cohort was relatively modest compared to the uh, measurement of a continuous variable like coronary artery calcium. There was one metabolite in particular that was significantly associated with coronary heart disease in the fully adjusted model. That was a sphingosine, which was associated with uh, protection from atherosclerosis, it was also associated with protection from coronary artery calcium in this cohort as well. In terms of gender interactions, we're beginning to study those as well. This particular metabolite seemed to uh, confer the similar signal in both men and women, though other metabolites that we're presently uh, studying seem to have uh, differential associations among the genders. It's important to note when we look at metabolites that are associated with incident disease, we, of course, adjust for age and sex. But in these studies, we really want to make sure that we're adding information on top of these more readily attainable factors. So we adjust for things like body mass index, renal function, diabetes status, hypertension status, cholesterol levels, uh, smoking status, and other clinical factors. Again, underscoring that we want to try to add on top of what's well established, i.e. can we find new circulating factors that are orthogonal or uncorrelated with everything else that we know. So I think that the take home conclusion from our work is that these technologies are beginning to offer insights into individuals who are at risk for coronary heart disease apart from our standard risk factors like cholesterol and hypertension. That said there's a lot of work to be done because it really looks like there are striking differences between men and women when you look in aggregate at you know, hundreds and hundreds of compounds in the blood, and there also seem to be differences in between whites and blacks when we look at our historical studies, if you will, uh, prior studies that we've engaged in in the Framingham Heart Study. But I, I do think this field offers promise for identifying new disease markers as well as highlighting pathways that might uh, serve as the target for future interventions. In terms of future directions, clearly, this is really what really amounts to a pilot study, if you will. Clearly, the larger numbers of individuals need to be studied. In fact, if you look in the genetics world, the number of people who have undergone genome-wide scans or genome sequencing of Blacks versus whites is is far smaller. So we definitely need much larger heterogeneous cohorts in terms of whites and African-Americans and Asians, et cetera. The, The other important area for future consideration is integrating human genetics with these findings, because by integrating human genetics, by looking at the genetic factors that are associated with the metabolites, which are in turn associated with disease, that will help to highlight pathways, potentially, as I've mentioned before, drug targets that might be manipulated uh, for therapeutic benefit. So, thank you for the opportunity to share Some information about some recent pilot studies and for listening to some of the new technologies that we're trying to leverage to identify new disease markers and new pathways for additional information. I'd be delighted if you'd uh, click below uh, to find out what else we're up to. Thank you very much.